0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the self evident podcast. You got Mike, you got my bowl of mass. Someday it's going to be a compilation of those looks. If you're on audio, you need to check this out on the YouTubes, on the Facebooks, just to get a gander at that beautiful face. You do need to subscribe. Yes, can to, you please?
1: To, to the, to the, so to we're the gonna, stuff
0: we're going to do a subscription drive right now, just like you know, PBS when they used to stop their wonderful programming for a week and just have the constant money drives um we're gonna do a subscribe drive a share drive so in the next five seconds i want you to go ahead and share subscribe comment review wherever your platform is ready go something five four three two one if you have done that for the next hundred years you will have good luck that's what the email chains always told us anyways easy how you doing this morning uh, a little tired, but I'm
2: doing pretty you, good. Yeah, yeah, tired. Yeah, yeah. Hey,
0: easy. why don't hey. we uh, not we tell the listeners a little bit about uh, our uh, Sam Sorbo podcast. Oh, ah, well, you, you know, know. <laughs> didn't get aired this morning.
2: Oh, you get so carried away. <laughs> the people are listening and wondering. It's just too much fun with you guys. Hey y'all, look, hey. we
1: we can't we can't we can't cap on old Easy E now. We got to give him some grace.
0: That's what happens when you're 20. <laughs> <laughs> you know what easy he told me this morning? He told us. He said, I was going to get up at 6 o'clock. He got up at like 9. I don't know. <laughs> that,
2: that's a bit of a difference. But you, you see how I'd get that me- mixed up because you take the number 6. All you have to do is just flip it upside down. And it's a 9. So, so was your alarm clock like
0: flipped upside down? Is that what happened? I don't have an alarm clock. Uh, I can tell. nah anyways um guys the usual like subscribe go to the website Take a few
1: seconds to to subscribe and share
0: now yeah we already did a drive but we're doing it again ready one two three go and go to the self-evident truth.com don't forget to check out the blog check out the events guys share 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 share. share, share, share. tell us where you're from give us a hi uh, guys and when you
1: comment on these things i i'm, I'm ignorant to social media i i'm helps, not though. yeah yeah apparently that's an algorithm thing like mm-hmm. when you comment on youtube it actually brings the, yes. the, the 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 algorithms up and why we want the algorithm it's not for popularity guys we don't give a crap that's not it's not really about that but it is about truth and for us um i would much it's more comfortable for me to preach at a pulpit or preach to a crowd yeah. of people whether it's college whatever then sometimes this stuff because at least that crowd is there and they can engage you we can't we want to engage you we want if you disagree great we want put it in the feedback. comments and let's talk about it man yeah. you know those kind of things this this podcast specifically was brought to us by a person who listens to the podcast and there's people that listen to us that don't agree with us and that's great and we can actually have a discourse and discussion and uh, our hope is that you see the truth of christ not our opinion not 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 uh, not not fabricated things that we think in our heads scripturally we're pointing you to Jesus Christ is this good like today's show is
0: this really what Christ wanted us to teach and our big thing on all of this is are you being accurate in your information are you being objective in your information and we want you to go out and research this stuff if we're wrong point it out now I'm always right so you know it's kind of hard for you to prove me wrong but Come with information. Come with research. Come with sources, and let's have a discussion. We are more than willing to have a discussion with people. Um, and I think sometimes people are a little bit afraid, but I love when people, especially at the homeschool conventions, people come up and say, "Hey, I've got this issue that I'm. Could you guys, you know, delve into this?" And we have even told you, shameless plug here: if you buy a Constitution course that, that you can find at theselfevidenttruth dot com, get go out, get the Constitution course. If you buy it, you get us with it. So if you have a question, you know you're going through the materials and you have a question about this or that or or a disagreement about that, and we can't just answer it in, in an email or we feel that's good information for a podcast, we'll do
1: it. Yeah, comment down below too where you're from because we will
0: do it. We will talk. You know, we'll we'll say
1: your name is such and such, and we'll we'll talk to you about it. Uh, comment where you're from down below. Let's get into this thing. Listen. Yes.
2: Oh. oh. Let's do the. Oh, hey! By the way, <laughs> before we do this, this is a thing. great. By the way, this.
0: shout out to Tejas, pew, pew, Texas. Pew, we love you. It was great, pew. Louisiana. Your traffic sucks. You guys <laughs> suck at driving. Oh my god, that was. <laughs>
1: Sorry, that, that was went personal. a little. That, that was went... personal. <laughs>
0: Another that round. Went, of yeah, curve. she. Okay, she, but when you the have... whole boat went this way, <laughs> I'm I'm way, willing yeah. to take Louisiana. On, right? I'll Dude, take all y'all. When on. you have to drive
2: through six accidents of traffic oh, and none of them gosh. are on your side, it oh, does something oh, to so you.
0: frustrating. Two hours lost because of your bad driving. Okay, so <laughs>
1: Anyways, <laughs> back to said point. Uh, we we uh, we we something oh we have this <laughs> so mikey mikey it was a wednesday i think it was you sent me this oh, ad and i thought you know there comes a point where i'm not a fan of tribalism i'm not yeah. a fan of shock theory right truth is already shocking right? right but there are times where it's like that was good okay that was well, <laughs> that thought, was out. well thought out and and it's it's like how are you going to refute this i mean really how are you yeah. going to refute this And so Mike's going to tee it up here. So uh,
0: I came across this because of a a, thank you, YouTube, I guess. Uh, Sky (laughs) News Australia ran this, and it's a a candidate in Arizona. And I'm not going to give any more than, like, I just want you guys to watch this video, and we'll have some commentary afterwards. Go ahead and play it easy. Democrats like
1: to say that no one needs an AR-15
0: for self-defense,
1: that no one could possibly need all 30 rounds. But when this rifle is the only thing standing between your family and a dozen angry Democrats in Klan hoods, you just might need that semi-automatic and all 30 rounds.
0: I, I, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm sold. I, I am too. Like <laughs> The only way I think they could have done it better was if they had Denzel Washington playing him. Oh, and my walks out of the gun and the sunglasses. So so it's not even that it's funny. It's
1: like, dude, that that's a point there. That makes yeah. a point. It, it's very solid, point based position, right? Yeah. Like the fact that you say we don't need 30 rounds. Um, I bet you any money back then they would have wanted thirty rounds for their guns. And that's you know that's, what I'm saying? And
0: what the left doesn't talk about enough because of course it goes against what they really want to put forward in agenda. Gun rights were very <laughs> important to black people in, in the South during those times and their communities would defend themselves with guns. They, they would have basically a militia in their community they would. to defend against the KKK and more power to them. That's that's when, when I get called racist from my skin color. It's like, I'm the one who wants <laughs> black people to defend themselves. Yeah. How is that <laughs> racist?
1: Well, you know, I, I think too, what, our whole position, our whole point here is not to defend ourselves. We're defending scripture. What we are talking about in this show is, is socialism. Cause that's in essence, what all this is, right? Is, trying to cater to one class of people over another and dude scripturally already. I can blow that argument out of the water five ways from Sunday. That's not the point. The point is, can we walk this thing out scripturally and is what's being proposed in this curriculum here again? Thank you for the guy who. uh, Yeah, he, he it's, it's amazing. And I'll I'll pull up his, I don't know if he wants me to reveal his name or whatever, but I just thought how, how cool, how cool that he turned us on to, this is what's going on in my church. I confronted it, and for some reason, and you know who he says approved it? Who was in charge of like do it? The youth pastor.
0: Yep. It's and the
1: young people who don't. I'm sorry. You're right. You're you're swayed by opinion rather than the scriptures.
0: This will probably get offensive, um, but it, the youth pastor signed on to it. But why? Because his wife is invested in this thing. Woo. And and. When he went to leadership, the, the head pastor, the head pastor basically said, "Well, I trust them, they can do what they want." Message to you if you are in charge. Always be aware of what people underneath you are doing and be invested in it. Because if you just say, "I just trust them with what they're doing." man stuff will get infested into the bottom ranks and it'll work its way up that's exactly why and i've had this conversation with people and it's documented marxism communism all of that thought theory got itself infested in seminaries and it moves through now we're going to try to stay away from the whole marxism conversation for now we're just going to go biblically dive we're, into this. Yeah. Biblically. We're going to go biblically, but we're going to talk about this program that, that this listener had brought up to us. It's called be the bridge by Latasha Morrison. And this is a program that's pointed towards ter- churches, but also towards organizations as big of organizations as organizations like Forbes and YWAM. So it's, it's gotten itself in there. Now we want to try to take this as objectively as possible. We're, We do not want to come at this emotionally and say, it's CRT. We picked the title because, you know, you're more likely to click. Sorry, but it's true. Now, yeah, Elijah, what you got? Clickbait. Clickbait, pretty much. But it is connected to CRT, although they will say, look, we're not connected. This is what they said. I I was reading one of their their write-ups about CRT, and basically what they said is, CRT is used as a critique against us, and they said just because we're not built on the theory doesn't mean that there's not some good precepts. What I said to Massey was, You know, just because I don't agree with Mein comp doesn't mean that it doesn't have some good precepts. Unbelievable! You can be very careful about dude, where you're dude, taking your information exactly, from. exactly.
1: And, um, a, a lot of modern Christianity today, and I'll be blunt about this, I, I've made no secret about this. I mean, when I preach or whatever. Uh, Pastor Todd's made no secret about this. My, many of my friends who, who are in this vein, um, emotionalism is now the litmus for the spirit. Right? Emotionalism is now this thing, this peak. Like I have to have this experience to know God is in this. Uh, or I have to know that because it's like this just feels it right.
0: resonates.
1: Yeah, that's the spirit. That's imminently false. You know, when the spirit of God comes on the scene, What's funny is it doesn't create confusion. It exposes the confusion. Yeah, so, so, so so, if you read like Acts 19, I talked about this once before, read all the Old Testament wars. God sent into them that spirit in the camp, and it's and it created confusion because it exposed right. what was already confused. Ooh, so good. what we're doing here is showing you scripturally how confused this is because in the pursuit of trying to say we need to have love in our nation, They now are trying to play favorites. And we're going to get to this point in a minute where the Bible has no favorites. Matter of fact, favoritism is like condemned in scripture. And so we're going to we're going to show you the scriptures they use and then debunk it by the spirit of God and how he wanted that scripture to be used.
0: We got a lot of information, Morning, Shaleen. short on time. So I'm going to go fast on this because I got an eye appointment at 1130. So that may <laughs> that, I may not make that. She what, are may you impede. I am blind. <laughs> let me she, tell yeah, you. Yeah, he's pray for my eyes, guys. Honestly, I mean that. OK, pray, pray for so, more than that. <laughs> Right. Uh, Latasha Morrison. This is not a hit piece on her, but we have to point out what her background is. So, Latasha Morrison wrote the book Be the Bridge. She has developed curriculum around this idea of racial reconciliation. And the whole idea is building small groups in churches to go through this racial recon- reconciliation process and then spread it to others. Now, her nonprofit facilitates this formation, and she is a consultant for churches and organizations in racial reconciliation. She is a certified trainer in unconscious bias. This is an issue because this is her foundation, this whole concept of unconscious bias. So what is it? It's built off of the implicit association test. Now this was created by university of Washington psychologists in 98. It measures the speed with which you associate pleasant or unpleasant words such as joy, crime or work with categories such as black, white, male, Female, so it, it moves on a tenth of a second type uh, association. Your uh, the assumption is your implicit racial bias will come out in how long it takes you to associate good word with black or good word with white, and vice versa. Taking longer to associate a pleasant word to a black face. Um, could come from a variety of factors such as cognitive quickness and flexibility. My, my question is, do we have the results for black people towards Latinos? Or the, black people towards whites? Towards whites, right? Or, or have we kind of pushed that away because only white people Bro, can be Bro, there racist? are a
1: lot of folks out in Cali that are black that are not for Mexicans. I'll promise you. I there's, met them.
0: There's there's a lot of, a racism, lot of racism between racism. Latino and black. Now, here's the issue. Variables also include the test takers... Familiarity with a pairing of words This is called a figure ground effect This is where white face And name are familiar Therefore you'll, it'll more quickly fall into the background While black face and name are more distinctive Become more prominent Think about this it, And this is actually biological the, the design of the faces Of various races Is different If you look at Chinese people And Family Guy has a joke about this Every Chinese person looks like Jackie Chan right
2: <laughs> racist
0: <laughs> but you have a harder time telling between chinese faces it takes you longer to notice the distinctions in the in, whereas if you're looking at, at latino faces i think latino and and white are a little more similar but a white person will be able to tell the distinctions between other white people more clearly blah 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 so it takes you longer but the problem is that longer time frame Will create in the study a a consideration of racial bias. Right, 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 right. This test has been truly debunked. It's been shown to be completely inconsistent. A person could get implicitly racist in the morning and implicitly not racist in the afternoon. Jeez. There's no correlation, but it's been pushed as unconscious bias, which now here's my point the whole concept of unconscious bias is. It's a heart judgment. I can now make a judgment about your heart because I'm saying you don't even realize that you're that, racist.
1: So, so, so let's go with that for a minute. This whole thing about unconscious bias and someone has to be the, the narrator or the moderator of who determines what unconscious bias is. Exactly. Now you've just put yourself in the listen closely. You've now put yourself in the place of God to judge between the intents of man's hearts and not. Jesus did that very well. He judged between the intents. But, guys, listen, my job is not to judge the intent of someone. My job is to judge the fruit of something. I can't judge what you do or why, why you do something. I'm, I'm, down, I'm, I'm down with the theory that, hey, there is hatred out there. Absolutely. That's easy. And that's been for centuries, guys. And guess what? It still exists. Even with all your social programs, even with giving people everything they want through welfare, even with giving uh, people everything they want through nice social programs,
0: even religion, all that stuff. Hatred still exists, and I will argue, and, and I'm willing to take this position that prejudice is in some form baked into a system. Right? It's it's a a whether race or culture, whatever you want to describe it. There's some type of prejudice baked in the system. Why? Because white culture has a preferential treatment of white culture black culture has a preferential treatment of black culture latino culture has a preferential treatment of latino culture if you notice when people come to america as immigrants they build their own little communities it's just a fact of life um and and but the problem here is if i don't open the door for the black person unconscious bias training will tell you it's because of the racism within me that I didn't open the door for the black person. The problem is the next day I don't open the door for the white person. So what do you do with that? But now it's put the judgment and the motive in the hands of the person who's it's happening to, to determine why that person is doing that to them. And I have seen it go rampant and wild and so misaligned. In people of good faith. And I, I believe that's where this program gets off on the wrong foot is it's now assigning motive to people's hearts when you have no right to judge the motive of people's hearts. Their argument is it's so unconscious. It's so baked into the system that you can't recognize it. And so therefore it's there. I have to tell you it's there. You want to know the person that should should have the least amount of objective judgment in a situation the victim. Ooh. Because their emotion is so strong in the event. The whole reason I for an eye was taught was not because, hey, live up to the standard, it was to limit you. Bingo. Because if somebody takes your eye, you know what you your emotional reaction is gonna do, what the wicked heart of men will do. I want two eyes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's exactly why that was in there. Right, 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 right.
1: A hundred percent. I think, too, if you look at the entire teaching of trying to correct someone by race, right, just think about this for a minute. You notice how it never lets up with just pure forgiveness. So like guys like Kevin Hart, who said something about this is all correlated, by the way, the liberal agenda, this whole progressive agenda is they've now put themselves in the place of God, yet they hate religion. Hear me out on this. Kevin Hart says, I made a joke 10 years ago. I already apologized for it. Get still kicked off. You realize that forgiveness is no longer needed. You have to you have to come to me directly, yeah. and you need to come into the, the Bible says that if your brother has an issue with you, you go to him. It's not the other way around. You got an issue with Kevin Hart? Go take it up with him. He has no that, because he doesn't come to you has no merit on forgiveness, right? And so again, it's funny that they don't want God to judge them. They don't want they, they don't they don't need to go to God for forgiveness. But boy, when it's you. There better be some retribution there because then it's fulfilled. Then once I get reparations, it's fulfilled. Then when you give me what I got coming, then it's over. And it's never enough because that's called lust, folks. That's called lust. The unique thing about Christ is, and what I love about Christ, is, is his death and resurrection, his burial, death, death, burial, and resurrection paid for me to be a son of God. Paid for you who are watching this who are Christian to be a daughter of God. God requires nothing of me in the realm of sacrifice, only obedience, which is no longer sacrifice because I love him. Mm -hmm. He's my father. It's not a sacrifice at that point. I just want to obey. And so people are like, I struggle with obedience. I would ask the Lord to check yourself on that. Like, why do you struggle with obeying? Why do you struggle with that? Like, I'm not saying it's easy to obey. What I'm saying is if you're if you're calling what your obedience is a sacrifice, is it really what he's calling you to do? Because there's, there's no, there should be no schism with obedience. When you know it's God and God's telling you to do this, you
0: go do it. You know what just came to mind is when Christ talks about the servant to the master, goes out and does what they need to do, they shouldn't even look for a thank you, right? And, and sometimes it's, we look at that parable or that story, that, that account, and we go, well, that's kind of harsh. Like the servant comes to the master, they've done well, and, and they shouldn't even look for a thank you. But if you're truly humbled and loving, like it's like I want to do this. Yep, totally. You you notice Christ never says to the Father, Would you thank me for this? (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Trigger warning. Oh
1: Jesus, no, (laughs) that's good, dude. Oh, hey, shouldn't you praise me from the high heaven God that I sacrificed myself because it's you told me to? Like, shouldn't you scratch my back now? Shouldn't you like build this place for me? Come on, I sacrificed myself oh. for you, God. You know what I mean? That's selfish. Yeah. You are still alive in the flesh. You have not been made new. You have not been converted. This life now, I laid down for Him who died for me. That's it. And people say that's wrong. That's slavery. No, no, no. I was once a slave to Him when I didn't understand Him. I was doing good works out of a, out of a slavish. Uh, uh, concept. In other words, I needed God's approval. Therefore, I did these good works. And people in the world do it all the time. Oh, they're yeah. looking for praise. What they're looking for is God's approval. And so they're doing works. Then I became a son when Christ died for me and redeemed me. There was this dude we met at our church. And what he said was, what he said, was, uh, he said, I believe, because he's adopted. He was adopted at 11 years old. I think I, he was from some uh, an Asian country. I can't remember yeah. what ca- career. I, I remember what it was. But he said he was adopted. He said, I believe my ministry is this. Most people know that are Christians. They know they're adopted by God, but they don't walk as a son. They still walk as an adopted orphan. And I was like, oh, wait, wait, wait. Explain that because Todd was telling me about it. I was like, he goes, think about it. They know they're adopted. So therefore, they're still trying to gain the approval of the one who adopted them. But When you walk as a son, you're walking in his favor because he adopted you. Mm -hmm. You are now his son. I walk in the liberty before my father. And I was like, wait a second. That's what's the problem with the CRTs, socialism, all these other things. They're literally trying to gain someone's approval. And you know whose approval they really want? Someone to approve them. So they become the ascended ones, right? This is all Satan, Isaiah 14 stuff. They will ascend themselves above man because they can never get one over on God and they know it. So what's the easiest thing to do? Put man under you then. Dude, this is craziness. If you think about this scripturally and spiritually, it blows your mind open. <laughs> I know. So CRT, it's amazing. this CRT stuff, what it does is tells you I am now the being God created. And because you rejected me for years, which we didn't reject you, men were stupid. They didn't reject you. They just hated you. That wasn't rejection. That wasn't a, a, a thing. It, it was, was the flesh. It was the flesh, yes. But now that we're Christians, you have no right before God to tell anybody that they're racist in intent and all these other things. You, as a matter of fact, you know what the word devil means? I looked this up the other night. Devil literally means accuser. When Now you've taken the place of Satan and accused white people of being racist. And that is unscriptural, unbiblical, and it's demonic. And this kind of teaching cannot exist in our churches. It's demonic for you to accuse other people of being racist when you're saying they don't even know that they're racist. You have literally taken the place of God and accused your brother. Who hates more at that point? Let's read 1 John. You cannot say you love your brother. I'm sorry, love God and hate your brother. By you accusing them, you've walked in the place of hatred. You've automatically judged them. They no longer have redemption until they pass your course, until they submit to you. That is not, we're supposed to love one another, not submit, submission into authority, yes. But to one another, we love one another. That creates a bond. It doesn't create separation. It doesn't create servitude. You see what I'm saying? This is craziness what we've done. I'm serious. This no, is that's, that's what I keep amazing. thinking. Of. That's that's what I keep getting out of this thing. Yeah. I am not your servant. I don't care what color. No white man is my servant.
0: We're unified in the absolutely. Body. We don't have a skin color in the body of Christ. It it becomes a non-issue. Easy. You looked like you had something to say. You good or um or you? It's gone now. Okay. So so we really gotta get into this because you guys gotta know. The the depths of this, dude, that was amazing. You just nailed it to the wall. nailed it.
1: I think this is the kind of thing that we don't need a book about. Right. We just need truth
0: about. And and before I get into this, there's a whole process, a a whole organized process to become okay, right? And it's like... What you just said, sweep all of that away. If you and I are brothers in Christ, none of that matters. I am a new image bearer of Christ. And, and they use that type of language in their stuff, but they don't understand that you and I are unified in Christ. All of that past crap
1: doesn't matter. Go with that. So go with that 2 Corinthians five seventeen. right? It's that I am now born again. Right. I'm born I'm- again. I'm not born of the old, my old racist hatred, whatever. I'm now born into the family of God. That is a transformation, folks. And you'll know transformation by the change of heart. And
0: the beauty is I don't have to design a whole program out of this in order to get (laughs) you closer to Christ. So Shalene goes, isn't there one of those commandments about
1: that? Something (laughs) about bearing false witness? (laughs) i love you girl no 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 no. see that's old testament <laughs> yeah yeah we don't that's talk old about testament. that we don't talk about that. the old covenant, that yeah, doesn't, it's the old covenant doesn't
0: apply to today how are the comments going <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy i mean <laughs> we're, awesome. we're, we're
1: there and they're generating and it's good, good. again we'll, guys and, share and we'll take time take time to share this video get it out to your friends yeah. because we got to blow this stuff out we got to
0: warn we, the church i dude my heart is like this is one of the best podcasts we've done dude by just the way the level of it
2: good morning to carrie booth in canada
0: Woo! Hey! Canada. Wow. I am, Gary. I am so sorry that you are putting up with Trudeau, but we are with you. If there's anything we can do, let us know. Uh Comment where you're from, guys. Yeah, I dude, Canada. That's awesome. Canada. 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 Um, Morrison. Okay, this is the whole program. We're gonna run through this program, and and I do not believe that Morrison is a evil person who has put forth satanic agenda with conscious intent i I really believe she thinks hey this is how we get racial reconciliation now one of the things is she put up with some racism early on in her life and then she very much tells the story of how she worked at a church in austin and she was with a all-white staff a mostly white church And there's this anecdote of where she's sitting with a group of women and and they're sharing, you know, their TV shows that they like from their childhood. And the white people didn't didn't know the TV shows that the black person knew and the black person didn't necessarily know the TV shows that the white people knew. And so she recognized this difference in culture. And then it seems like everything just goes sideways And, and all of a sudden we get into this whole concept of whiteness as a culture. But we're going to start with the program builds a redemptive arc. Always be careful when somebody puts forth a process of redemption that, that even if it plays off Christ, it gives you steps that aren't Christ. And you'll see what I mean <laughs> in that. So the arc essentially goes as follows. Awareness of our, quote unquote, the sin. Notice there's an original sin, racism lamenting over the sin shame and guilt because of the sin confession of the sin forgiveness now they say forgiveness from god but the program seems to be forgiveness from your fellow man a life of repentance part of that repentance is voluntary reparations and this leads to restoration do you see how this all became about works now this is works because the voluntary reparations, which if you're volunteering, volunteering your reparations, that means that your heart has changed your works. Therefore show your salvation yep. from the original sin. Now we're going to look at this awareness of our nation's racist past. Now notice awareness of the sin. They very much say history is not taught correctly. We need to be aware of our nation's sins And the program argues that we must be lovers of truth and the truth will set us free. Saying in that context, you have to know the true history. And so therefore, then you're loving truth. She quotes John 832 and other references about truth to support her argument. Now, just for a reminder, Anastasia just said, oh, wow, very works based. Exactly, exactly. John 832. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Their argument is the truth is the history of America. That's not what Christ was talking about. Christ was talking about he is the way, the truth, and the life. (sighs) He is the foundational truth. He is the source of truth. And so therefore, John 8.32 is actually talking about when you know Christ, you know the truth of existence. You know the truth of creation. That's right. This isn't talking about the truth of America. You can live in America, and there can be lies all around you. But if you know the truth of Christ, you are separated from the world. You are not of the world. You are living truth because you are with christ preach it's not about 1619 project it's not about the truth of the founding it's not about any of that truth it's about are you living in the truth of christ which all of that melts away right so when you're with christ when you're born of the spirit
1: of god is it your job to combat the narrative of the world so america we're just taking their word here Mm -hmm. racist and intent face value whatever doesn't the power of God supersede what man can do? Exactly. So shouldn't that be the the test here? Is I don't agree with them that America was based on racist racist no, intent. No. Um,
0: and we can we we blow that out. Of the water and, all day.
1: Watch the message I did on that Sunday, July Fourth. Yeah. I talk about how rich white dudes wrote this. Let's go talk about those rich white dudes. Two messages. You know?
0: Two. Sorry to interrupt, but two messages. Fourth of July, and then. I did a a presentation on slavery on the podcast. Check those two out, and then let's come back and talk about this whole racist origins of America. Right, right, right. So there
1: was slavery that existed, which was a global pandemic. we talked about this 100 times. The problem with this is they say that the truth will set you free. No, the truth is making you make someone else subversive. So you're trying to find truth. You're saying that because I know America was racist in intent, therefore I am justified to make sure white men know that I'm above them. You're not trying to be equal with them. You're telling them to shut up. Yes, You're telling them that we'll they don't have a, to Yeah,
0: yeah, go ahead. No, 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 not to interrupt. We'll get to that in this program. If you think, oh, you guys are making it up, we will go to their Bruh. questions and their rules Bruh. in how they conduct their program. Bruh. But she does this through anecdotes of racism. Anecdotes. Always be careful with anecdotes because anecdotes... Inspire emotion. Do you remember that story about the 10 year old that got raped and it came out that it was an illegal immigrant, which I still kind of question that story, but she had to go across state lines in order to get an abortion. What was that story based on? Emotion. Truth. Morrison uses anecdotes such as the Tulsa Massacre. And if you don't know about it, look it up. And the horrific lynching of Mary Turner, where white men burned an 18 year old pregnant woman alive and crushed her unborn baby's head in. All of us say, this is sickening. This is horrific. She takes those events and says, therefore, white culture, white culture is racism. That's the foundational principle of white culture. It's foundation of an idiot. Yes, I mean, right? Yeah, right. I mean, think A about sinful, it. wicked heart. I
1: just, I just want to throw this out there before you continue. Yeah, go for it. Let's. Why don't you use some examples of black on black crime in Chicago, Baltimore, Detroit? It's white culture's fault.
0: And I'm I'm not being facetious. I know That's what they I would know. Say
1: this is so crazy that white culture has taught you to be racist against your own people to destroy your own people. What are you that
0: submissive? Are you, I, I, are you
1: that that ignorant, dude? Here's what's crazy. Here's what's crazy. My sons. I make jokes about this all the time. My sons are half Mexican now because they yeah. got a half white girl. So. <laughs> Man, you moved up in the hierarchy. You married a yeah, white woman. It's like having a Nutella sandwich. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But reverse. Like it's wheat with like marshmallow in it. Like wheat bread with marshmallow in it. So like I make jokes about this all the time. Like my kids inherently have landscaper roofer built into yes, them, detailer. <laughs> like for real, right? Like it's in them Because they work for a white dude. The the the, the stigma is white people hire Mexicans because they're good workers. I've always said this shame on the white person that actually says that because that proves that your culture doesn't work, but that doesn't mean racism. That means you see something in them, right? That'll bust butt. And you want to get
0: this done. Let, let me come as an ambassador <laughs> of the white race. White 17, 18 year olds do not want to work. Oh, <laughs> I, I'm willing- how many? How many black young men are stealing because they don't want to work.
1: You hear rappers talk about this all the time. Oh, I used to steal iPhones. Some famous rappers like I, I steal I, I stolen iPhones and unlocked them, and then I would they would pay for them back, and I would just steal it anyway and go sell it again. It's like this isn't a white black thing. This isn't like
0: a white Mexican thing. This is just the sinful nature of man. Exactly. Right. And, and we can't get misdirected because as soon as we start building concepts from race about sin in the hearts it becomes very easy for one race to point no. the finger at the other. Yeah.
1: Let's not say it. white people aren't lazy. I know tons of <laughs> Pete Todd, you
0: <laughs> Elijah, kind yeah.
1: um, of, it was late. was, he was, he's getting there. He's getting there. I, I, mean, I, I know to tons know. of white Jake, my buddy, Jake yeah. Danny, like these guys, white people they're work. not, they, they love to work. Yes. I'm saying what a shame for them. Oh, their work ethic, man. They just get it done. It's like, what a shame, right? Yeah. I mean, so, so I never saw
0: it as racist. I always saw it as opportunity. Right. I, and, So number two, you lament over your sin. So this is sadness or humble lamenting of the original sin, which leads to feeling shame and guilt. And this program is very big on you have to feel the shame and guilt of your original sin, of of your generational sin, ancestral sin. That's very important. We'll get to that in a section. This is a mandatory for the process. It presses a person to open themselves up to the shame and guilt of what has happened in our culture at the hands of white culture. Then confession. Black members confess the sin of anger towards whites for their privilege and for being part of the majority culture. You notice even in that, it's victimhood. I'm angry at you because I'm a victim of you having what I don't have. After confession, there's repentance. So repentance is a determination to do better and hold others to account. Hold others to account. Reparations. So this is everything from tax dollars to blacks to commitment to shop at minority owned stores, donate to minority run charities or seek to promote people of color within our own businesses and then reproduction. So
2: because people in the past did something that I have nothing to do with, I have to deal with the repercussions of that.
0: Yes. Ancestral guilt. And we'll get into that. So the study argues that race defines our existence yet. At the same time argues it is a biological fiction. Now this is what, The book itself says, despite the Bible's recognition (laughs) of differing ethnic groups, there is no indication of race. Race, as we know it, is a political and social construct created by man for the purpose of asserting power and maintaining a hierarchy. When we believe the lies embedded with racial hierarchies, reconciliation becomes impossible. Now, unfortunately, she takes this further. She says race was basically invented by white people. My naturally white totally. of course the problem is history does not bear that out all cultures have driven have have created dividing lines around looking different from each other yeah if you're a culture of short tribesmen people will hunt you because you're short and you're unique it's happening happened in africa People will conquest you, enslave you, because you look different from them. It's a tribalism issue. It's not a white culture issue. Completely different. Now, we could perhaps stomach the conclusion that race is not biological and and the Bible doesn't recognize it. But Morrison argues that white people need to confess, repent, and make reparations for historical acts of racism committed by other white people. In other words, race is a biological fiction, but now we're going to divide in the oppressor oppressed by race. It's it's a fiction. It's white culture. But guess what? You're a part of white culture because of your... Fill in the blank. Skin color. Skin color. So if it's not cultural... Or if it's cultural, not race, then not every white person, right? Because if it's not skin color, but it's cultural, maybe you're not part of that culture. Her response if what a white person is about to say starts with not all, then don't say it. Her words conversations about race and racism are about systems institutions and ideologies more than individuals it is not helpful or necessary to force the conversation to fit our culture. You just blew your whole argument out of the water right there. It's not necessary to fit our culture. Well, your whole argument is about culture. So therefore it must fit the culture. Do you see what I'm saying?
2: This reminds me of the whole, the while the black lives matter movement was, really hot and just taking off there were those people standing out with those signs saying all lives matter and they the blm were, were like casting them out and screaming at how racist they were at saying yeah. they are all equal
0: yes. Mother, yes isn't that
2: what you're fighting for?
0: no what <laughs> they, they wouldn't argue that but no and what really gets me about this statement is the don't say it you have just tried to control the conversation your idea is not sound, and here's why. A sound idea, the truth, will stand up against a lie. Yeah. You will argue. You, you, will, you will bring your position. It is the position of a weak man to say, I will not allow you to argue against me. Come on, I will man, not man. allow your point of view because, because you may put holes and into what I'm trying to say.
2: This Actually, I went to a uh, coffee shop yesterday. Um, and I was having a conversation with uh, a regular there and we were talking about faith and stuff and, um, stuff that weren't on this topic, but there came a gentleman who said that he had been to about 300 coffee shops all over the nation. And he said, he asked this riddle to everyone he hears talking about Bible stuff. And he said, a, a Muslim A minority walks out into the common area of the coffee shop, takes a Bible, a Christian Bible, lays it out in the middle of the table for everyone to see, takes some lighter fluid and a lighter, lights it on fire. He is protected by his freedom of speech. Now, a Christian does that to a Torah or a Quran, immediately arrested. Why is that? Exactly. Suppression. It's because... Society has made it so that Christianity is a white religion. It is for white people. Everything else.
0: <laughs> the, the only group that has an out-group bias, in other words, they prefer other groups, white liberals. Yep. Every other group, including other races, has an in-group bias. And so they prefer their own group. White liberals are the only ones, and this, this is through studies has been proven, white liberals are the only ones who have an out-group bias. So they prefer the others compared to themselves. Sure. And then you see who's pushing this whole thing. Yeah, I think more and more, too. You're seeing uh,
1: where, how are these guys gaining traction? <clears throat> Most people are fed up with race cards. Most people are fed yeah. up with you know, the division that's being pushed and promulgated. Yeah. How are they getting pushed? How are they getting promoted? White you know. Guilt. Well, I don't even know if it's white guilt. You know, like, I will warn everybody listening. The only way Planned Parenthood Parenthood got its feet off the ground was going into churches. Mm -hmm. Margaret Sanger said, we got to go to the pastors.
0: Yep. Right? We need, what was it? We need four black, three or four black pastors.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I've heard pastors now mainstream saying pro-choices of God. um, And they'll stand before God for that. Yeah. They will. You have you 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 are not in the place of God, and neither is government, and they can't determine when life begins. That's what they don't understand. Oh, it's a woman's right; she should be able to choose. You're hurting women. No, what's hurting women is destroying their babies and killing their consciences. So, so uh, be careful that our vehicle in the pursuit of trying to unify. Okay, in the pursuit of trying to unify and try to get people to come into our churches. Notice we're no longer preaching the gospel. We need CRT. Oh my gosh. We need these programs to bring people into our churches to unify. No longer the gospel. No, not sharing the gospel to set them free. We need a teaching like this to put white people in bondage. Oh my gosh, dude. This is this is where Galatians 5 comes in. Oh, foolish Galatians. Who's bewitched you? What you, you've not put yourself under the law again and under your works. Not a faith anymore. This is dangerous, dangerous doctrine. And the church needs to be careful. I'm saying this from my heart of hearts. As a pastor, as a leader, as a, as a person who speaks uh, all over the country, you know, those kind of things, I, I believe that the Lord doesn't allow for division in his church. And that's where we have to be as a people. If God doesn't allow division in the church and schisms, then neither should we as God's people.
0: Sorry, I had to say that. No, you're fine. Um, I want to skip ahead because we're, we're getting short on time. Let's go to repentance and reparation. So you guys get the, get the gist, right? If, if you're going to be a part of this, you have to accept that your white culture is racist. The whole system, that's very CRT idea. CRT idea is the whole system, all the institutions, it's, it's unconsciously racist against the minority. You
2: and your very nature. You're you're born in the racism,
0: but your original sin. And then it says, if you don't accept this truth, you are denying. That's that whole idea of white fragility. And guess what? Some of the recommended reading is Robin DeAngelo's white fragility. So it's very much a protective argument because it says anything you say against what I say, that's just because you're insecure and fragile about it. You won't accept my truth. That's a dangerous place to be because now all of a sudden you've said any argument you come up with is not valid because this is how I see things. And so therefore I see things objectively. And the whole argument of this program is marginalized people can see the truth more clearly than those who aren't marginalized. Yeah.
2: That's like a colorblind person telling you which color is which. Exactly. When they
0: can't even see color. Exactly. And, 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 uh, one of my old pastors said it this way. You're in the military. There's the, the enemy is at the top of the hill. Who do you trust to make a sound judgment on this process? The general, who is the tactician, who is, who is objective, who is outside of the emotions of the situation, or the man standing in the front line who just saw his buddy's head get blown off. <laughs> who do you think has more objective reasoning? The victim and the one in the middle of the skirmish or the one standing outside? Now, their argument is the victim, the one who is emotional in the situation, has the most objective view because they see it from, from all of the depths. Now, I'm not saying that the majority doesn't have a blindness, but the majority, the, the people who are outside of the situation might actually have a more objective view of it right 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 tunnel vision exists it absolutely but but it and emotion creates
1: and emotion creates it and emotion is how you dictate people yes again i will say this to the high heaven every every dictator knows this you can get people to do anything by two by two basic instincts which is emotional fear and greed And, and and you can get them to believe anything and say anything you want and that's dangerous yeah that's dangerous
0: so she writes under repentance and reparations isn't change the core of repentance And true reconciliation requires that we change our behavior, that we set a new trajectory. This change of trajectory, this about face, is what we call repentance. That is behavior modification. That's not transformation. Notice that. Your works will prove you're saved. Oh, gosh. In her section, the gospel of reparations, that always grates me when somebody tries to connect gospel to a specific social issue
1: yeah right right oh man I we
0: never say the gospel of government affairs
1: you know what we should do is get her on the podcast i would shoot no no we should. Love to. we should we should we should drill her and, and not drill her to, to, to own, her. Her, no, own no, her no 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 <clears throat> we can pull all this stuff apart by saying you want government social programs to bring you reparations when god is
0: your sustainer right So she continues, if if repentance requires turning and walking away from the sins of our past, doesn't it require walking towards something more reparative? So reparations and repentance are inextricably intertwined And those who have inherited the power and benefits of past wrongs should work to make it right for those who've inherited the burdens and oppression of the past. I'm not paying for the sins of my father's. You know what this makes me think of? Maybe you can clarify this. When Christ is talking to the Pharisees and like, you built tombs for the prophets that your fathers killed. You remember that? He's like, you're now invested in this whole process. And that's what this makes me think of is like, I'm not responsible for the sins of my fathers, Dude, I'm not going to be judged for the sins of my father. No.
1: I mean, think about it. Let's just talk to her thing here. Do I have slaves now? No. Am I employing black people at some low rate? No. Have I have I worked towards trying to reconcile what my fathers did to them? No, because I had nothing to do with my fathers. Quite the opposite. My fathers don't even belong to this land. I'm a first generation american. I mean, you're, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You. Do did, did, do you know how far your lineage goes back because yeah. Because if you think about it, there's a lot of white people here that
0: came from different countries that are first, second generation. Yeah. Why should their money go to you? I well, Exactly. I'm, I'm mostly Dutch. right? Uh, my my grandpa came over on the boat when he was really young. Uh, it it might have been my great-grandpa, but I'm pretty sure my grandpa came over on the boat when he was really young. There's, there's no U.S. slavery in that <clears throat> side of the family. Now, my mom's side, they were in the South, but I, I haven't heard anything of slave ownership. Remember, only 6% of Americans owned slaves. Okay? We seem to think it was 100% of Americans during that time owned slaves. 6%, right? Um, but I, I, I want to keep going on this. She argues that white Americans should therefore repent for the sins of the nation's past. This gets into ancestral. And, Massey, this is where I really want you in on this. In her theory on repentance, she uses the examples of Daniel and Ezra since they repented before the Lord on behalf of the entire nation of Israel during a time of judgment. Let's go to Daniel. Daniel was in Babylon. Seventy years after taken into exile, Israel's kings are gone. Judah's line is in hiding. it was time for the people to return. They're being punished for transgressions of the Mosaic law and their 490 years of neglecting the field's Sabbath laws. This is declared plainly in Chronicles 36, 21. In his prayer of thanksgiving, he confesses Israel's sins against God. Right. He identifies with his people because he is their prophet. He's the voice of God. So it's not you and I identify with every single sin that our fathers have done, and, oh, I take on that burden. He's the leader. He's saying we as a people have done this. Mm -hmm. He's putting himself forward. Come on, It doesn't mean Daniel's saying, I'm guilty of this as well. That's actually, to me, that's a sin for me to take on a sin of somebody else that I haven't committed. I'm now lying in front of the face of God.
1: That's exactly it. That's exactly it, because I have to answer for my own sin right <clears throat> i cannot answer for the sins of others you know there's a lot of i can't fix them so it's funny you don't want me to talk about the gospel in the public square you'd think that's proselytizing that's forcing that's this but doggone it if i don't agree with you i'm racist y- you see what i'm saying how come they're not fighting for us to preach the gospel in the public square the first amendment's being shut dude this Ooh, is who this is it? crazy this is crazy we need to call white people racist. But you're not the one sitting at the Supreme Court saying, no, we need to preach the gospel to turn meds hearts
2: so that they can be redeemed. So they could see this rightly. Right. Fix the system. So so standing on standing on a soapbox, preaching the gospel in the middle of town square when nobody's listening to you is forcing your opinion down people's throat. But raiding stores, throwing, shooting up, shooting up city blocks, causing riots isn't forcing your opinion down people's throat.
0: No, it's just expressing your anger. That's
2: express. That's peaceful protesting.
0: So we had Ezra as well, the leader of New Judah. They rebuilt the temple, were restoring the Passover. Then he finds out they've been intermarrying with the nations around them. That sounds kind of racist to me, Ooh. not wanting to marry nations around them. Israel was repeating their old sins. So what did Ezra do? He pulled his hair, his beard, he tore his robe. His prayer was similar to Daniel's. He recounted Israel's iniquity, recalled the exile and lamented the sins of Israel. He says, we throughout. and says, our guilt. You want to know something about that? He was recognizing the current sin of Israel. And again, he was the leader. He was praying as a leader. He wasn't guilty of the sin of intermarrying. That's not what he was saying was, I've been intermarrying too. It's all of us. No, he's saying, we as corporate nation, here's our sins. Dude, I, I, yes. I lament the sins of my nation's past. Mm -hmm. We as a people committed horrific sins. Yep. Lord, forgive us. That's as far as I go. But how
1: many times did they pray and fast for this nation? Right. And call out repentance and say, Lord, we need to do something about this. You know, I think that's where, uh, you know, well, there's still racism. That's people. That's people. You can't stop. Dude, there's still there is still robbery. Here, mm-hmm. there's still thievery existing, right? Even by your own federal government. And we don't call them out for that. You black folk that are saying that we need CRT and stuff like that. Do you know how much money they steal from you in taxes and taxation? They just steal it from you. You don't even know where the heck your money's going. We send it to foreign countries that are b- blowing up other nations and doing all the other things. And we don't call out government for that, but we want them to help. Oh, my gosh. That, this is how you know judgment has been perverted in this nation. Because we'll call out one thing and not the other. Right? The bottom line is thievery thievery. Hatred is hatred. And I want to talk about this real fast, just real fast. The Bible is very clear about not being partial in judgment, but yet in CRT, they want you to be partial in judgment. You have to prefer me. You have to be above, you know, I just want to say in first John, it's very simple Four twenty, It actually says, if anyone loves God, if anyone says, I love God, hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. Right. First uh, John two nine for uh, whoever says he's in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness, Notice it never says anything about racism. Do you know why? Because racism is just a piece. It's a byproduct of hatred. You're hitting the wrong thing, folks. And I, I can't remember who it was. A poet, I think it was William Ralph Inge. He's I think he said he was the one. Don't quote me on this, but I think it was him. He said, for every thousand people that chops at the branches, only one goes for the root. Racism, stealing, lying, killing, all these other things are the root cause of hatred. And it's a hatred against God and his law. Mm -hmm. and men don't want to submit to that. Therefore, that's why they don't serve him, right? And I dare say many people who have claimed that they are Christian have fallen into the narrative that somehow if you submit to some kind of teaching that prefers one over the other, you have literally misinterpreted the scriptures. He actually reproved the Pharisees for saying, you have people sit in higher places than the others. Uh, He that is last shall be first and all these other things. That is the true understanding of the gospel, that I put myself lower than everyone else not because of my skin color, not because I'm, I'm white or I'm actually Mexican, but not because I'm whatever, but it's because God says prefer others above yourself. That's a command from God, not a command from man because of skin color. That is proving to yourself that you are dead to yourself and you're alive to Christ. It is proving to yourself you have no pride within you. And so when we look at scriptures like this, uh, here's another one, Matthew 5, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, right? Where is that? You're not loving your enemy by telling him to submit to you. Love your enemies to what? The truth. If you can truly bless your enemies, how many people how many people would actually benefit from this teaching by saying, "Look, there's a lot of racism out there." We need to have prayer vigils about this. Where's that? No, but I need to tell you white people because somehow you inherently have racism in your head. You don't even know it, by the way. You don't know that you're actually racist, but I'm telling you that you are because you don't know it. I'm like a Jason what the
2: sleeper
1: agent. What, I mean, come on. You know what I mean? So we're seeing all this happen, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, through the scriptures. Uh, I, I will say this, Psalm 5.5, 5, look at here. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. Isn't it wrong to boast? Isn't this what's happening?
0: Yeah,
1: We're boasting ourselves now, but you can call me whatever you want. But this is wrong. This is unscriptural. It's ungodly. It's unbiblical. And guys, anything unbiblical and unscriptural is demonic. Mm-hmm. It is Anti-Christ. demonic, and it, it is antichrist. There's no
0: reconciliation in this. It's fleshy reconciliation. It's it's submission. Um, and just in case you're arguing, yeah, well, I don't think the program really does that. So an example of how this organization, organization runs things, here's a public document, Whiteness 101, which supplies various tips that white members are expected to follow. Listen to these. These guidelines state, don't white splain. Do not explain racism to a person of color. Do not explain how the microaggression they just experienced was actually just someone being nice. Whitesplain. Do you, do you notice that? <laughs> you are not allowed to explain the motive of the heart. Only the person of color can understand the motive of the heart. Do not explain how a particular injustice is more about class than race. It's an easy trap to fall into, but you can avoid it by maintaining a posture of active listening. Do you notice only the white person is expected to actively listen? Don't equate impact with intent. Yes, we all know your heart was in the right place and you meant well, but your words or behavior had a negative impact on those around you and that's what matters. Apologize and do better next time. All of a sudden, ends justify the means. Here's what I mean by that. Your heart motive doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. It's just the consequence of your... So if I open the door for you and you take it as an insult because I had a a girlfriend do this to me. I opened the door for her and she immediately, with a snappy comeback, says, I can get it myself.
1: That's true, Jill.
0: So now I'm wrong? Gosh. Now now my action Gosh. is wrong because your heart <clears throat> took it the wrong way? Wow. When my motive was, I want to help?
1: I want to help. I want to I honor you. Right. I want, that's what I want to do. I'm actually putting myself low to honor I you. I want to honor you. Right, right. But that's wrong. So Jill just said, that, that sounds like some kind of gaslighting. That's it exactly is. what it is. is. This is narcissism to the T. A narcissist won't come up to you and say, submit to me. They will go roundabout and do it in a way. And most of the time, I'll say it in churches, this happens where they'll put the God stamp on it. You don't understand. Therefore, I know from God, I can hear from him. Don't you dare touch God's anointing? I mean, I've heard this stuff yeah. for years and it's gaslighting. You get, and then they they go, well, you don't hear from the Lord like me. I'm the one running this thing. Therefore, dude, this is craziness. This is exactly what's happening here. And I don't know how far we're going to go with this, but I want to read Titus 3 by the time we're done to really put this in
0: perspective. Let let me finish these rules and then definitely don't demand proof of a person of color's lived experience or try to counter their narrative with the experience of another person of color. Well, if your experience is singular but important, then shouldn't another person of color's experience that's the opposite also be just as important? The experiences and opinions of people of color are as diverse as its people. We can believe their stories, but keep in mind, just because one person of color doesn't feel oppressed, that doesn't mean systemic institutional racism isn't real. Funny, but one person of color's experience that does say it's real means it's real. Do not chastise people of color or dismiss their message because they express their grief, fear, anger in ways you deem inappropriate. Understand that historically, we white people have silenced voices of dissent and lament with our cultural idol of niceness. Provide space for people of color to wail, cuss, or even yell at you. Jesus didn't hold back when he saw hypocrisy and oppression. People of color shouldn't have to either. In other words, take their punishment. Wow. Don't get defensive when you are called out for any of the above. In other words, take it. When a person of color tells you that your words, tone, behavior are racist, oppressive, triggering, you stop. Don't try to explain yourself. See number six. Don't become passive aggressive or sarcastic. Don't leave in a huff. It may be helpful, however, to inconspicuously step outside, go to the restroom, take a deep breath. Remain cognizant of the dynamics of white White fragility. fragility. And take note of how it usually shows up in you. Oh my God. Any gosh. emotional response you have contrary is white fragility. Do you see how they have hemmed you in to a certain line this of is thinking bonkers. and will not allow you any step outside of the I, program? I
1: heard this lady say this morning, I just subscribed to her YouTube, and I, I, uh, I, don't, I don't, she said this my disagreement of you does not connotate attack. <laughs> Truth. My disagreement of you does not connotate attack.
0: Right. It just means you're not right. You can. And, and that's what, I, what is so one sided about this. You can scream at me how racist I am and you have the right to do so. But I have no right to counteract. That, that is called discussion. Right. And, that and, is a discussion. And the whole argument of the program is let's have a discussion but it's a very one-sided discussion. Now, this isn't the only concerning area of discourse being controlled. Groups are recommended to be 10 women, which don't you find it interesting that they voice women? Now, this is this is where people will be like, oh, you sexist. In the garden, Eve, what was she? Deceived. Deceived. Adamson. I do believe that there is some semblance of like, deception that happens among women that satan knows he has a stronger discourse in deceiving women first Mm, and then getting the man truth no more than five should be of one race they sit in a circle going through the process of lamenting shame and guilt confession and then some of the discussion questions include i want to read these to you guys find the fault in these do you understand how a white parent adopting a child of color can be problematic how can we avoid the white savior complex lg page fifteen, sixteen. do you notice that that's personal for me the white savior complex how dare you take care of your own kids then oh but when you don't take care of them
1: when, when the government says we're no longer taking care of your kids it's that's, racist oh my gosh i can't believe how racist they are you see what i'm saying this is what they want they want their cake and eat it too this is called lust folks it is called lust and you notice lust never ends They've built an idol of themselves and lust is created out of an idol. Read Corinthians. Literally in I, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Titus, all these, literally talks about idolatry. James talks about idolatry. Idolatry, when you make something an idol and it doesn't meet your expectation, you look for it someplace else. Your lust is never fulfilled. Do you
0: understand the sacrifice of their own <clears throat> children? Exactly. Do you see that? Exactly. No, 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 no. White people, it's your white saver complex. So don't you dare adopt our kids. So let your kids fail. But you'd be mad if we didn't adopt your kids. right? And Why don't those white people want black kids? Exactly. Oh, my God. That dude. one's personal for me. That's really personal. So I'm going to move on. Do you know the history of private Christian schools in America and their beginnings as segregation academies? How should that history influence our current decisions about school choice? A.K.A. don't send your kids to a Christian school because some Christian schools were, were using segregation. So were the public schools? So don't use the public schools either. Well, we won't argue that. Bes- what is the purpose behind people of color starting their own business or building organizations that may exclude white people? Page 21. Do you notice the re- in- inference in that? White people should just accept when a, a minority-owned business rejects them, whether as, as in a member of employment or a customer segregation is now valid
1: yeah again show me that scripturally
0: and suggestions for those in a church without much racial diversity i want to know is this pointed to mostly black churches as well they include visit or join a more diverse church and considering moving to a more diverse area what the (laughs) world
2: my question
0: (laughs) is is an 80% black area more diverse than an 80% white area? Oof. Would that be okay?
1: I agree with you, Shalene. I can't, I can't even. She did this emoji thing where it was like, I completely agree. You can't even reason with this. I mean, and this is but see, this this again goes back to the foundation of what we talked about. Yeah, if if you, you, you don't understand the word of God and you don't understand the spirit, you don't understand what it talks about schisms in the body and bringing in outside doctrines, right? I'm just going to read this. Yeah. We're going to end it like this. Yeah, go for it. We're going to end it with Titus 3. I just want you guys to hear this with your heart, and I'll explain every verse. And you guys can refute me on this, okay? Vert, uh, Titus chapter 3, verse 1. Remind them to be subject to rulers, to authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good deed. Who's our rulers in America? It's the Constitution. That is the supreme law of the land, not the government. They're not our rulers. We, they represent us. We are actually over them. So we have the choice to uh, impeach them and all this stuff. So remember that Uh, here. Verse two, to malign no one, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing every consideration for all men. Does this sound like they're showing consideration to all men? No, they're judging all men. It's not scriptural. Verse three, listen closely. This is so good. God is so faithful. For we also once were foolish ourselves, we once were foolish ourselves, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. We once were those things. Watch this. But when the kindness of God, our Savior, and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us. The word saved actually means being set free from that. I'm no longer with that. uh, Read 2 Corinthians 5 not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a trust- trustworthy statement and concerning all things. I want to speak confidently so that those who have believed God will be careful to engage in good deeds. These things are good and profitable for men but avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, and strife, and disputes about the law, for they're unprofitable and worthless. Reject all a factious man after the first and second warning. Listen to this. I, I just want to read this in another translation. I just I want you to hear this. This is so good. Watch this. Oh, here it is. ESV. And as for a person who stirs up division, this is verse 10. After warning him once or twice, I have nothing more to do with him that is scripture folks that is titus if they don't want to hear it reject it get it out of here you're stirring up division and strife you're stirring up division and strife knowing that such a person is warped and sinful he is self-condemned if you're stirring up divisions in the church that are not there they're not there oh they're not there you're trying to stir something up you can't they're not there and you're making people feel some kind of condemnation, literally the law. You're putting them back under the law, not in Christ and grace. This is dangerous, demonic teaching. And I'm telling you, God, listen to me closely. I would analyze the church that is teaching this because are you under the spirit of God? Your job is to push them to Christ, not to show them where their sin isn't or is. God, The Holy Spirit convicts me of righteousness. Your job is not to judge me and tell me that I'm in sin when I don't have. Dude, I was under that for 12 years. I know what that's like. That is called gaslighting, folks. And when you put a person under condemnation, you control them. You can control them. And I was under that. Yes, it's personal. Because this crap is what controls people, and it pushes them away from the Savior. It pushes them away from the power of God. It pushes them away from their duty because now they can't do good works. You know why? Because if they want to go help a black family, now it's considered racism. You've now taken the place of God and taken their works and saying, this is satanic. And a person now doesn't even want to do it because they don't want to offend. Oh my gosh, dude. And you know what? I I will say this to you too. If you believe this crap, shame on you because you don't understand the scriptures. I'm not saying shame and condemnation. You should understand the scriptures to know well enough that a man cannot put you under oppression. It's satanic. It is literally satanic. This doctrine, it's a doctrine of devils. And Paul talked about it constantly. Be careful of the doctrine of devils. Be careful of those. You you put them under circumcision. You're telling them they have to do something physical to merit righteousness. This is craziness. And I know I sound impassioned. I know I sound crazy, but it's true. Because I was under this for 12 years. I know what it's like to be in a cult. This is cultish in nature. And it's pulling them away from the cross of Christ. The cross of Christ can set them free. Let him do it. The Spirit of God can set them free. Let him do it. The Holy Spirit is perfect in what he does. I don't need you to tell me that I'm racist. The Holy Spirit told me where I hated people, how envious I was, how lustful I was, what I did to my wife free. He told me that, not man. The, the scriptures did that. The Holy Spirit did that for me. And this is why we can't allow this in churches. Look, I'm. At, you think I haven't been rejected because of race? So the flip what? Pray for your enemies. Love them. Love them. What's going to change them? Your argument? Love, dude. Love conquers all things. I'm telling you, man, that's true unconditional love. I heard a saying one time. Someone said the end of Christianity, really, it is to love Christ, but that's not the end. It's actually to love Judas too. Mm. Ooh. Love Judas, too. Isn't it funny that Jesus called Judas friend before he went and betrayed him? Right. He didn't say enemy. He said, friend, go do what you're going to do and do it quickly. Call him a friend. Why? Because the purposes of God still availed through Judas. Therefore, your enemies are allowing the purposes of God to be availed in your life. Oh, come on. That'll That's... preach.
0: I... Let that sit, guys. Let that sit. That was amazing dude any comments that we want to i mean there's there's a ton there's a there's a
1: ton of comments here uh i had to walk from people same uh let's see praise the lord a lot of fire emojis i mean there's just a lot of good ones about like the the there's there's this is really cool that that we're seeing all these and i wish we could pull them up but there's so much information on this you actually said we should do this as a part one and two,
0: yeah, uh, and, and 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 maybe we'll do it later. Let, but it, let us know in the comments if you want us to do a part two on all of this because we can get more into the CRT side of things and all of that. And I noticed we haven't done a full dedicated podcast to the CRT. I'm I- I'm
1: so glad we could do this. The the, the fellow that, that that sent this to us, um, I was really shocked uh, that that not that he told us to talk about it, but when he was saying, I went to go approach my pastors, and they were like, um, we. <laughs> we approve this and our youth pastor approved this. And
0: it's like, um, and and there seemed to be a sense of the, the head pastors that he went to were kind of like, ah, we trust what they're doing as though there was this, like, I don't really know what's going on, but I, I trust them. And one of, one of the hard parts that I have about this whole program is it, it gets put into a mostly white church. And like you were saying, dude, you nailed it on the head, a church that didn't have a problem didn't have division before, all of a sudden this program gets introduced and all of a sudden now there's division, there's strife. Oh, well, you all are racist. So we need to pull that out of you by bringing it up and, and, and wallowing in it. And then, Hey, here's the method of works to get yourself out of that. I'm sorry, but the power of Christ is so much more powerful than that to where the power of Christ will heal those things. will bring those things out and it is a lifelong journey. And yes, maybe the system is racist to some extent. That's because it's a system of the world.
1: And it's our you,
0: job to change it. You, your process of changing the system is not through the worldly means. It's through the gospel of Christ. I don't need to have additions. You notice when we talk about government, it's not, hey, so uh, do this and this and this and this. And then you'll be righteous. It's be righteous and go into the system. Find Christ, be reformed and transformed by Christ, and then go into the middle of the system, and you, by your light, will transform the system. It's the same thing with racism. you be transformed by Christ, and I trust that your relationships with those of other races will be improved. I don't need this program to tell me to shut up and just listen to them. The Holy spirit of the Lord will tell me to listen to their hearts.
1: You nailed it, dude. I, I, and and it's, it's again, we, we could sit here and belabor all this. We just wanted to show you guys, dude, I, you hear Mike, once he starts getting like this, y'all, you can't stop that train. You can't stop that train. And I
0: even said, I wasn't going to be emotional. I was going to be,
1: but it's not, it's not, it's not, it's it's passionate. It's, it's, you're disgracing the name of God now. You know what I mean? It's like you're 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 trying to to somehow put into to, to, to man's heart that he's racist when it's free, it's 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 wrong. It's not freeing, right? And all it does is make people go home and say, Am I truly a Christian? Am I true? You're questioning, dude.
0: Don't yeah, buddy. That's what Satan does. And just as a closer, recommending reading includes White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo, the case for reparations by Ta Nahishi Coates. Just Mercy, A Story of Justice and Redemption by Bryan Stevenson. Prayers for Privileged People by Walter Brugman. As well as several books and articles from James Cohn and Brian Loritz. And if you look at the reviews, the reviews are extremely social justice, progressive type people. Listen to this. Oh, my gosh.
1: So the guy that sent this to us, he's from, he, he saw us in Greenville. Yeah. Uh, I think he's from Greenville or he saw us in Greenville or whatever, something like that. Listen to what he said. He said, he asked, it's a long email. And he said, my wife and I attended the group's informational meeting this past Sunday and went exactly how expected. It was emphasized that this group is to be a safe space. Buzzword, trigger warning, whites, uh, I'm sorry, governmental stuff. And no dissenting opinion from whites was accepted in their church. This is in their church, guys, right? There's an initial questionnaire given by the group leaders that all potential members to answer that contains, and I quote directly from the group leader, a series of questions to ensure your heart is right for the group. Oh, my gosh. If your heart is not right, which my wife and I were told after we asked the following questions openly to the leaders at the information meeting contained below, that the group was not for us and we need to seek the Lord to open our minds to the truth. Is that condemnation? Yes. Is that is. a cult?
0: That's that's cult-like Listen, behavior. Listen, dude,
1: y'all, if y'all haven't seen... Any of our stories, I was in a cult for 12 years. I'll, I'll call it that. I don't care what repercussions come with that. That's why I left it. I realized this is a cult, man. I, I got to get out of this. I know what it's like to be deceived. And I and I don't stand for it. It's it, I was a yes man for a long time. Mm-mm. And even if I'm wrong, I'll at least say it. And then all of a sudden, the, someone will correct me and scripture will come. Then I'll change. But I'm going to say what I'm going to say because I believe this to be. And it's not being obstinate. It's just being truthful. Right. And uh, that kind of thinking right there just pulls everything in. That is literally you can't question the leader. Whoo, that's called narcissism, folks. It's called narcissism. It's dangerous. This is dangerous, demonic stuff, dude. That's yeah, I it, say. It,
0: it couches itself in white fragility, and I know we're going round and round now because, like, that concept of white fragility will always shut you down. You're just being fragile. Gaslighting. You're just being fragile. You, you need to accept this. Oh man, we've got the oh truth. man. God so if godly. you guys want us to do a part two more on the, they're CRT pretty much commenting that we have to, yeah. Are
2: they? <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. This is
1: this is. I, I will. That's a big one.
0: Because seriously, I'm
1: I think it's because we're not saying it's just wrong, constitutional. No, it's biblical. It's wrong. Yeah. I think that's why people want it is because they want to know biblically
0: how this isn't right, and and they want to know like what's the truth about this program, and and I hope and please be honest with us. Do you feel we gave a fair shake to? what this program is trying to produce. I didn't want to come at it and, and uh, straw man, the argument I wanted to actually put forward. Hey, what is this program? What's saying? Here's why it's not scriptural. So be sure to leave that in the comments, guys. Truth. We are so thankful for your interaction, for your comments and all of um, you who support us love, monthly. And yeah, check out the torchbearers. If you love what we do and you want to be a part of it, be a torch bearer. It helps us get where we're going. Elijah and, I, good. Elijah and I drove, what, 65 hours in like seven days, something like that? Just about. Just about. We're out on the road doing it. We, we appreciate we
1: appreciate you guys doing that and your Absolutely. white privilege.
0: Yes. You're, your
1: you're white privilege. Road.
2: While you were flying. Yeah, that's Mexican. Yeah, your white, white that's, privilege. That's, that's your massive privilege. That's
1: called Mexican privilege, bro. Yeah, unless... I got on the plane. You got in the car. Uh... <laughs> oh, how the roles have been reversed. <laughs> oh, how the roles have been reversed, baby. God is good to me. <laughs> All right.
0: We're taking so, over. So, yeah, actually you are.
1: <laughs> Married a white girl.
0: Hired hey. white people. Replacement theory. Yep. Is it there true? It is. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> All right. Guys, we love you. We will Crazy. see you on Monday. Thank kidding. you so I'm much. No kidding.
2: You know what I
1: mean?
0: All right. Have a great day. All right. Love you guys. Love you, mate. That was
1: a long one, but it was good. That was good. I gotta go.